is a new health power. Vulnerable. They're welcome to find out. Get tickets now. Homey Beaters, November 11th. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. leftovers Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. On this episode, I'm going to be giving my reaction, and uh, I will be giving my rating for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I was fortunate enough to see it uh, yesterday on the 7th at a critic screening with my guest, Connor, from Cinefied.com. Welcome, Connor. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, you having me on. Yeah, man, absolutely. I love, I love being able to record these episodes with you, especially having you on because you've seen it as well, and we can kind of like bounce off one another. And uh, you know, I, I don't know your full thoughts on the movie, so I'm curious to hear what you thought about it as well. But we are also yeah. joined by someone who hasn't seen the movie that might have some questions for us, and we'll get into some of the. Some of the movie, uh, but we're not going to get into like deep spoilers. So don't worry. Like we're not going to spoil that mid credit scene for you. We're not going to spoil, you know, like the third act for you. We may get into some minor details, but we're not going to get into anything that I really think is going to like, uh, harm your viewing of the movie. But we are joined by, uh, Joe Stark from Starkcast. Welcome, Joe. Hey, stoked to be here. I can't wait to hear what you guys th- uh, thought of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do want to get in. I guess we can, I guess just, I, I don't know. I don't rip the bandaid off and play the, and, and do the rating system. So I'll play the ratings bumper as soon as I can find it. Guys, I'm not prepared. Here we go. Rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Yeah, so you're going to get to hear my uh, rating uh, days early, if you're listening to this, before we record our actual spoiler review. So uh, I'll get into my rating here in a moment. Connor, what's your rating at for Black Panther Wakanda Forever? So I, uh, when I left the theater, I, I was still hyped up from the screening. And I, uh, I feel like the more I thought about it, the more I uh, really loved the first half of the film. And then the second half dropped off for me. So my ratings actually dropped down. So it's a, at the moment a taste it for Black Panther Wakanda forever. What was it upon the we, ending? Yeah, uh, it, it was a high taste it. Okay. Okay. I'm, I am currently at a high taste it with the movie. So that's where I'm at. And, um, I mean, it, I guess that could change upon second viewing. You know, uh, I do have, uh, I do have an IMAX. It was nice. We got to see this one in IMAX, Connor. Absolutely. There's so much, uh, so much clearer than our last experience. Yeah. It's a great time. Yeah. It was nice being able to see this in IMAX. I was very happy when you said it looks like we're in the IMAX theater (laughs) and uh, the sound was fantastic. The picture was gorgeous. So really nice being able to see this one in IMAX. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a high taste it right now with this movie. And, I I loved I mean I loved the first and second acts of this movie. I think where it kind of where I guess I where I had the problem was that that third act climax with the battle and everything. Um 
that I feel like that was the biggest my biggest gripe with the movie because I I don't know about you Connor but start with when the movie starts in your first we're first introduced to uh Namor and the the other the, the, it's not Atlantis it's Talacan in this movie and when we're first introduced to the Talacans I thought like these aren't just like your regular kind of like Chitari you know, mindless villains. I really, they, they were scary. I, the music that was, that Ludwig van Gorenson was playing, that the, the score that he had for the Talacans, the score that he had in this movie and the way that Ryan Coogler filmed them in the ocean and in the water, I'd say like in the first act of this movie was so scary because like, the ocean can be a scary place. You don't really know what's down there. Like you yeah, can only, absolutely. I mean, even with like light, you can only see so far down in the ocean. You never know. It's kind of like lurking down there. And the further you go, you don't know what is down there and what has eyes on you and knows you're there, but you don't know it's there. And he, I think Kugler did a great job of that. Like I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I, and, What's weird about like one of the scenes at the beginning of the movie when they're down there and they're kind of um, – they come into contact with the Talacans for the first time. They're down there and they're in their, you know, their suits and everything and I kept, I kept feeling like it was that scene in Superman 2 where the astronauts are on the moon and they're like in the suits and they're kind of like – even if they weren't in the suits and moving around slow, like, you know, with the, with the, with the gravity being different, I just felt like they were just like sitting ducks in the water for the Talacans to fucking just, you know, take them out. Yeah. I, I really loved – all of that. I'm sorry if I'm diving too much into like certain things that happened at the beginning of the movie, but it was, I think as, as I give the movie a high taste it, but definitely for consideration for like director of the year for me coming up in the, in the Tupperwares when we do our awards show, Ryan Coogler's name is going to be up there at the top of the list. I, I really think like, what this guy accomplished with this movie after having to do a complete rewrite of the script after, you know, Chadwick Boseman sadly passed away, I think it's really commendable. It's it's an amazing accomplishment what he's done with this movie, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I really loved uh, – there was moments in this uh, film that I uh, – I didn't mean to, but I had kind of like a comparison with Aquaman at points, like the part you're talking where it's like kind of like uh, the Aquaman like horror scene uh, with with that boat. Um, it kind of it felt like a more elevated and uh, like scarier version than what the DC was able to do with the Aquaman uh, little section of horror. I really loved what Cougar did with that that section of the film, and it uh, it really I I, I totally forgot all about uh, the Talacans. And, and so I was like, oh, what is in the water with them? I, I thought maybe it was like a beast or something. Um, and it, it was frightening and it was extremely well directed. I was yeah. really hoping after seeing that, that Coogler uh, kind of goes over and does kind of like a more horror creature feature. Oh, I know. It, it reminded me of, it reminded me of the announcement of like, you know, James Wan did Aquaman that they announced like, oh, there's going to be that trench movie, which is going to deal yes. with like the trench and the horror of it all. And we were all kind of like taken, like, uh, taken aback, like, okay, what, why, why I, we understand Aquaman was successful. Why are we going to be getting a, a trench movie? <laughs> and hold on. Give me one moment. But watching this movie, I was like, this actually kind of deserves that kind of treatment, the way that Coogler filmed it. And I don't know. Did they – I think that they scrapped that Wakanda series over at Disney Plus The from some of the rumors that I've been hearing. But I'm not sure. But I would love to see Coogler work with the – with this Talacan culture a lot more. I don't – and I don't think Marvel's done with them. So – I thought yeah, it was. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what Marvel does to expand uh, the Talicans in in the future because it, it seems like there's a lot uh, more to be explored with them. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Joe, I, I, I'm, I'm curious if you had any questions for us about the movie that we can answer. Yeah. Um, so this film kind of had to do double duty after the pat, uh, you know, the tragic passing of, of Chadwick Boseman. It had to, you know, it had to handle that. And then it also had to come in and be a sequel to a really, really successful part one. Um, how did you guys feel like it did handling both of those chores? You can go ahead, Connor. I, uh, so the film actually opens with an amazing, I, I think an amazing scene with Shuri, uh, attempting to cure her brother. And, uh, it's, it's a fantastic scene with her, uh, and her frustrations with herself and worrying about her brother. And at the entire opening, uh, Marvel intro is dedicated to Chadwick and it's, uh, it's just a fantastic opening. And just that alone is, like uh such a great dedication to the actor and the man but uh, it just there's so many uh parts throughout the film that it's just such a wonderful love letter to what chadwick had done uh previously with marvel and uh i think as far as how they handled his his death in real life and the character i think they handled that beautifully uh i do think as a sequel uh it, it had its ups and downs i do think that it does kind of uh have some formulaic issues that marvel's just kind of fallen into um especially in that third act uh but uh, i think overall they did a great job yeah um the, the i think they did a great job with the tribute to Chadwick in this one, I was, I was blown away with the beginning of the movie. Like you said, I was also really, um, I got emotional when that Marvel studios logo started spinning and it was just dedicated to Chadwick's black Panther and no music accompanied it. It was handled perfectly in my opinion and um yeah it's a beautiful tribute it was it really was and he's not forgotten throughout the movie like he's brought up multiple times throughout the movie it's not just like okay we address it here at the beginning of the movie and you know we're never going to touch upon you know the 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 hole that's been left in wakanda and the hole that's been left in the franchise with his passing with Chadwick Boseman's passing. It's, these are things that are explored throughout the movie. Um, yeah. So I think that the movie does a great job of not only paying honor to Chadwick, but also that it does. I feel like it does a tremendous job at, uh, tying up certain things that happen in the first movie that play an important role within this film uh especially with Okoye's character and like like what she had to had to do in the last movie you know after after Killmonger was um the Black Panther and how the Dora Milaje are basically you know their duty is to follow the Black Panther that like all this stuff is addressed like this movie does not shy away from any of that and um, it's fantastic. Joe, you have another question? Yeah. How did this stack up against the other movies that we've gotten so far in Phase 4? And I believe this is the bookend of Phase 4 as well. So how did you feel about it filling that role? Uh, yeah, this is the final movie of Phase 4. I think it did. I, I think this movie for Phase 4, it's – it it, it – I think it does – I think it caps – I think what it wants to do is it wants to move us forward with with a new Panther and uh, I think it's it's definitely different than what they had envisioned. I'm sure ending Phase 4 with initially before Chadwick's death but I think – I think what they did here was was amazing as far as the way it stacks – with the other phase four movies, I'd say like emotional impact, it hits just as hard. Actually, it probably hits a lot harder because of the real death of Chadwick than even Spider-Man No Way Home with like 
the death of uh, of uh, Aunt May, and then also you know with with Peter basically being wiped out of everyone's memories, you know, and and that 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 hit emotionally. Um, I'd say it's 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 at the top of Phase Four, in my opinion. I I, I put it over Doctor Strange. I put it over. I put it over, um, easily over Thor, Love and Thunder and Black Widow. Uh, and in many ways, it's better than even Shang-Chi in many ways. That's high praise. Yes. I, I still give Shang-Chi a Tupperware. I think it's a great movie. This just had so, I, I mean, it had things working against it. You know, I mean, you definitely feel the, the missing presence of, of, of Chadwick Boseman in this movie. Um, it has a hard, t- I think it has, there's times where it's, it's very hard following other characters. And, and, and I, ca- I, you know, there's moments in this movie where I'm just like, you miss Chadwick's character of the black Panther. You miss T'Challa. Like he's just so synonymous with that character that, and I know in the comics, they've passed it off to other characters before, but his presence is definitely missed in this movie, but I think Ryan Coogler did a fantastic job. But it, it's definitely in, in the top three of Phase Four films for me. Connor, where are you at? Uh, well, I'll start with the kind of like where I rank it. Uh, I would agree pretty much uh, almost exactly where you would rank it. I I would say Spider Man to me. I just had such a great time with it, and it's just uh, it was a one of a kind films in the marvel universe uh so i would rank that number one and then probably uh it's hard to say between wakanda forever and and shang chi because uh both both have some issues uh but uh, i did really enjoy both of them compared to the rest of phase four um it's been kind of a lackluster phase so um even though i I am leaving at a taste it right now uh it still manages to be near the top of the list but, uh, yeah, I, I really, what was the question again? I apologize. <laughs> how do you feel about it? Uh, like how, how, how did it do in its job as a bookend for phase four bookend? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's a great bookend. Like I think the mid credits, which we, I won't discuss. I think it's a good, like, uh, cliffhanger, like opening for the upcoming phases to come. But I just, it just felt like any other Marvel movie. It didn't feel like the greatest like conclusion to this phase. It's just kind of, I don't think it could like, yeah. Yeah. And I just, and what you're saying, Brian, that uh, it just Chadwick not being in this, it, it just kind of felt like there was definitely something missing. It, it almost felt like uh, at points in the film where I was just like, when's the main character going to arrive? Because it, it seemed like it was just a lot of supporting casts. I, I, it just it didn't seem like any of them really like there wasn't like a leading character to me. Like I, I think Letitia Wright. Uh, I hope that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, I think she uh, did a great job um, with what she was given, but I just I still didn't see her as really like the lead in the film. I don't know. What yeah. do you think, Brian? No, you're absolutely right. There's there's really no lead. We're we're kind of like passing the movie off to different characters. At, at certain points in the movie, it feels like you know uh, Tina Cuerta as N- N- Namor is the lead in certain parts. It's just like it's an ensemble kind of like group effort here. You know, there there are times where it's like uh, Queen Ramonda is like the character that you're following. It's never just, it's never just one character. It's never just like, you know, even though this is called Black Panther Wakanda forever, it's basically, it's an ensemble kind of group effort and everybody kind of like passing the baton to like the next person. So yeah. Um, Do you guys feel like that tactic was like far more successful than had they been like, Oh, we're going to bring in a, a replacement right from the beginning and focus more on that. Like, did it end up being like a, a more emotional story because of the fact that it's like focusing on different side characters and not just zeroing in on one different character that's going to ultimately be a replacement? I think they have. I think they did what they had to do, Joe. Like, I think that they, they did what they had to do. We had to see how everyone was reacting after the 
after the the loss of uh the black panther i think that's and then you know we well, we also had to handle the the introduction of namor in this movie as well as well as also getting into flashbacks about his origin story which i will say this about tina cuerta's performance this guy is awesome as namor i and and i i really felt like finally we have a villain here to worry about and he's not really kind of like a villain a hundred percent like this is a guy that's basically just like really concerned about the his people i mean it's it's basically they are in in many ways, a, another version of Wakanda. They've been hidden away from the rest of humanity. Wakanda have been hidden in the jungle, and Namor and the Talakans have been hidden under the water. And he's worried about their presence being known to other countries uh, on on the surface, and he's trying to protect his people. So in some ways, yes, he's a villain and he's wanting to do bad things. But on the flip side, he's wanting to take care of his people as well. I felt, it felt very much kind of like a Negan from The Walking Dead who does like these horrible things. But he's doing it to, to – Yeah, to put fear into people to protect his own group. You know, he's like – he's not really doing anything else uh, that Rick and the other – you know, people in The Walking Dead don't already do. Like, they do these things too. It's just sad and unfortunate when you're having to watch Glenn die in front of Maggie. Like, that, this guy is just out to protect his own people. So in many ways, he's like the hero of his own story. And great villain. I mean, coming off of Thor Love and Thunder, which I think Gore is a fantastic character in the comic books, but I don't think that they really got that character. I don't think Taika did a great job with Gore. Ryan Coogler, on the other hand, phenomenal job here with Namor. Like, probably, you know, might be my favorite villain in Phase 4. I, I mean, I loved Spider-Man No Way Home and the villains that we got there. But I'm talking about as far as, like, fleshing a villain out in one movie that we haven't spent other movies with. This guy fucking killed it like i think this 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 uh, tina cuerta is just a a great actor and i think he's a great namor what do you what do you think yeah i agree i i think he's uh it's very clear that he's playing both sides in in ways he's definitely has a strategy uh of how to make sure that his his kingdom his nation it stays under under guard uh he doesn't want anything to come to his his people because he's he's known um I, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not so i guess i won't say that he's um he's basically like the person they all look up to so uh he just doesn't want to let any of them down and he wants to always be able to make his people feel safe and i feel like uh He's definitely at times like one of the best villains, especially in this phase. He's the best villain, but you can also sympathize uh, with him and his actions uh, a lot of the time. Uh, and yeah, uh, this actor is just fantastic in the role. Uh, Brian, I'm I'm unfamiliar with uh, his character in the comics. Is does his powers that he has in the movie reflect what he has in the comics? Yeah, yeah, I I feel like they did a pretty good job, especially with the. <laughs> I was blown away with just watching. I could just watch Namor fly with those, mm -hmm. with those wings on, on, on his feet. I could just watch that all day. It just looked so amazing. They just did a great job. You think it would look stupid, him, mm -hmm. you know, flying around with little wings on his feet and they didn't shy away from it and they made it look awesome. Uh, in the first act of the movie, when you see it done, it's, it's scary. Like it's, it's, it's legitimate scary watching this guy. Um, and, uh, very strong, very strong character. I think they did a fantastic job with his strength and, um, 
I had read that his strength was like on par with like Thor. They said that his strength is on par with Thor. And if he's around water, he's on par with the Hulk. So. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's what Ryan Coogler had come out and said this week. So. And he I is, think one of the characters even mentioned that, too. Yeah, it was uh, M'Baku uh, said it. He's compared to the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you and you see his strength displayed in this movie over and over and over again. And so, um, yeah, they, they did. A, I think they did a fantastic job with with him. Um, I do. I do want to talk about Riri. Uh, we get our first introduction to Riri Williams, who is going to be Ironheart in the Ironheart series in this one. I was worried about this character. I mean, I know they've introduced America Chavez in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And I thought she had a couple of moments where she shined. And then I think that they, it, I, I think Riri's fantastic. I loved Riri. I thought she had great chemistry with Shuri and, uh, I was kind of smitten with her <laughs> from the beginning when you got, she lives in Chicago and, uh, oh, she's from Chicago and you get a look inside of her place and she's got a Chicago Bulls body pillow. I was like, okay, I love her. I love her. She's a Bulls. A biased. I'm biased. She's a Bulls fan. Um, I was also worried about the suit that she would wear because, you know, I had seen some pictures and I was like, ah, this looks very much like it's from a Bayformers Transformer movie. Not the case. I don't think it looks, I don't, I don't think that it looks directly out of Transformers. I think it looks different enough and, uh, that, uh, I, I think it looked really good. I, I thought her suit looked really good and I thought she had great chemistry with the characters. She is important to the movie and I think she has some shining moments in it and I'm looking forward to seeing her in her own series too. So. Oh, that's so exciting. I, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Oh no, no, that was all I was commenting. Go ahead. So I personally, I thought like, uh, the, the actor, uh, do you know the actor's name? That played Riri? Her name is Dominique Thorne. Dominique Thorne, she, I thought she was fantastic uh, as the character, and I, I'm really looking forward to uh, like her. And it's kind of like how Tony Stark is Tony Stark, and then you got the Iron when he's in the Iron Man suit. It's like uh, you kind of have the two blending together, but you can also respect that Iron Man is like its own character and Tony's his own character. It's kind of like, I feel like her and outside of the suit, I liked way more than when she was inside the suit. I, I think the, what worries me is I personally, I, in my written review, I talk about the suits being an issue for me. Cause I was not a fan of the design of either suits. mainly the, the more remodeled suit near the end of the film. I, I was not a big fan of it. I was speaking to another critic at the screening and he kind of agreed with me that it, it kind of reminded me of more like an anime style for that suit. I, I don't know if that, like attaches to you at all, Brian, that, but it's, you know, uh, here, it's here's the felt- thing. She's probably into that kind of shit. She's probably into anime. So I yeah, mean, but if, didn't the CGI seem a little funky? I thought the C. Okay. okay. The CG the, with the suits, with the suits. Um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't great. But it, but it wasn't terrible. Here's the thing. I, I think like the CGI that we saw from like the ships in Wakanda and, and everything that we saw like in Talacan underwater looked great. But yeah, maybe her suit. I think the colors pop so much that it looked, it looked different than everything else that we had seen in this movie. There's also yeah. another suit where there's also, well, I mean, they had problems, in my opinion, with the Black Panther suit in the first movie, and I think we see that here again in this movie. And then there's another new suit that we see in this movie that I didn't think looked 100% great as well. So there's, yeah, I didn't like that one either. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But, but my main, my reason why I bring up uh, Riri's suit is uh, the Ironheart suit. It's it, it looks so it like for such a big budget film to me, the suit doesn't look the best it could in my opinion and then it's being translated over into a disney plus show so that worries me about when she's in the suit in the disney plus show well 
Yeah, I can understand that. I, I, they've had a problem. I, they've had a problem ever since Iron Man three with the way these suits have been looking to me, as far as like the the Stark tech. They, they were using more practical suits in those first two Iron Man movies, and then once you get to Iron yeah. Man three, um, it's like Robert CGI. Downey Jr. didn't want to be in that suit anymore, and they did a lot more CGI, and it just stopped looking. You know, when you look at those suits in like the first two movies, the first two Iron Man movies, they, they it's real, it's a real suit that he's in for a lot yeah. of the filming, and so it looks something, it looks tactile, it looks like something that you can touch and feel, and now it just looks like sleek and and CGI, and I get it, but I as I'm talking about, like I liked the design of the suit. You say it looks anime, I kind of love it for that anime look. She's probably into anime and watching anime and very inspired by anime and and you know i i like the design of the suit i can i can understand your gripe with a little bit of the cg and and that kind of sucks too i i would like the suit the suits to maybe look a little bit more worn in maybe that would make it a look look a little bit more real i guess but um this was the this was her you know final suit that she wore in the movie and I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I don't want to get into too many spoilers, though. But I, I think I think Dominic Thorne's great, and I am looking forward to her series. And I will like once we get her series. Like even if the CGI is not great, I'll like let some of that slide if it's a great story. So that's true. So you guys said that the CGI on this one was a little bit rough, and we know the CGI was rough in the first Black Panther, especially the the final fight scene with the kind of the Black Panther on Black Panther fight scene. Would you say that the CGI, like the rough CGI in the sequel is like as rough as that or not as rough as that? Because there was parts of that where it looked almost cartoonish. Oh, listen, listen, listen. There, Trust me, there, there's a lot of CGI in this movie that needs to be praised. I, I really feel like the Wakanda looks great. The ships in Wakanda look great. Um, the underwater scenes in Talacan look amazing. All the, the whales, the killer whales, all the fish. Um, once you finally see a fully realized Talacan under the water, it looks amazing. My gripes are kind of like, I would say like the action set pieces at the end of the movie where you've got characters in suits fighting one another. You've got like maybe a character. Yeah. Like, like characters in suits fighting one another. Connor, while we were watching the movie, you said it reminded you of like Mortal Kombat cinematic scenes, right? And yeah, it, yep. it kind of did look like that. I, I would say like when we do get our Black Panther in this movie, like some of the scenes in the suit are very reminiscent of the CGI scenes that we saw in the first movie where it doesn't look great. But I mean, it's, it's, it's all it, I don't know. It's it it that didn't dictate how I felt about that first movie. I love that first movie, and I don't think it really dictates what I feel about this one. But it is noticeable enough to where like you make that mental note while you're watching it. Do I think casual audiences will give a shit? Probably not. Okay, right on. Yeah, because I didn't really care about it. Like it didn't affect my my rating or how much I enjoyed the first movie at all. I was just curious, but yeah, um, yeah. It, it really sounds like all like the. Like the the like the set locations and stuff that are CGI, they really knocked out of the park. So that's exciting to hear. Yeah, I could do. I, <laughs> Connor, I don't know. I could I could do without a movie where like uh, like this big catastrophe is happening, and we get we have to see like one of the heroes saving a child from getting hit by a truck or being drowned or something. Like it, it seems like it's happening in every movie. <laughs> that's like the the center of the mcu bingo card yeah exactly take a dr- take a drink if a character loses an arm or saves a child from near death but i loved riri i thought riri was great getting back to her but um yeah what other questions do you have joe yeah it, it sounded like you guys both had a little bit of an issue with the third act um so that kind of makes me wonder how was the overall pacing of this film? I thought it was really good up until like that third act. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. 
I thought it was really well up until that third. The third act, I guess my biggest problem, Joe, is you, you've got all these different, you've got a lot of action, a lot of fights going on, and it just bounces back and forth. And then, you know, I don't know. You're. Mm, dude, you've got a a character that's dealing with some things and I don't know if by the end of it I don't know I'm going to shut up yeah, I'm not going to get into that <laughs> <laughs> were there any plot holes that left you guys hanging like I'm not asking you to explain the plot hole or anything just were, were there were there elements in the the plot that left you kind of scratching your head afterwards oh it's no. a, i don't think so like yeah there's there's one thing that one character said and later on that's it's all resolved and you kind of figure that out um yeah no, not, not really i don't think so either i think there's a few open-ended things that happen that I, I hope are expanded upon, but um but I don't think there's any like plot holes. Right on. Um I felt like one of the super strong things on the original was the soundtrack. What did you guys think of the soundtrack on this one? I personally loved it. I, I, I like there's there's definitely um you know, you've got like the I think the the, the like the amazing Wakandan score with like the drums and everything like that is great. And then there's like a completely different type of music that happens when we're in Talacan. And it just kind of like takes you into like that Mayan culture, that underwater Mayan culture. And, and I think Ludwig, uh, Gorenson does a phenomenal job with the, with the score in this movie. Yeah, I, I didn't have any gripes with it. I, I was really uh, pulled in by the score. Um, I actually think I liked the score and the, the lyrical music more in this one than the first Black Panther. Oh, wow. That's really high praise, dude. That's exciting to hear. That's just me, though. I <laughs> So I don't know if Elvers will agree. <laughs> um, um, so with without giving them away, but just as like a yes or a no, were there any appearances in this movie that, that surprised you guys? I would say yes. Surprised me. I don't know if it surprised Brian. Well, that, <laughs> I know what one you're thinking about, but I was thinking about another appearance and a connection with a certain character. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, very cool. So maybe 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 a couple of surprise appearances to kind of depending. Both both moments Brian got excited. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Excellent. Let me say this. Can I just say I do you, do you have a question about the mid-credit scene, Joe? Um, I mean, not specifically. Okay. I, I think I can wait, especially after having the one from Black Adam spoiled. It'll be fun to go into no, this no, no. one not knowing what the hell it is. I'm not going to spoil it at all. All I'm going to say, and Connor, you do, you don't have to agree with me or not, but for me personally, this is my favorite mid credit scene that they've ever put out. Ever. Ever. Holy shit. Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah, I don't put anything over it. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. It was like just a just a really awesome mid credits scene, and that's all. There is no post credits. It's it's a mid credits, and then the and then that's it. So, um, but it, it's my favorite. But it, 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 I very emotional and awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt it felt very much like uh, this was the mid credits was the plan all along. It doesn't feel like sometimes with the mid credits things where they're like, this is what needs to happen for the future. Let's just like film it and add it in, even if it doesn't match the tone of the rest of the film. This just feels like like it was meant to be with this film. Like it, it doesn't feel detached at all. Wow. Uh, let me let me ask, like, just kind of like a, a general question about about the mid credit scene. Is it more setting up? A Black Panther sequel, or is it more the mid-credit scene is what's tying in with the future of the MCU? Both. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. One hundred percent both. Yes. 
Yeah. I don't, I, I'll be honest, I don't know how far in the future uh, it'll be before this mid credit scene kind of becomes like a big part of the, the future of the MCU, but it's definitely gives a cool hope for the future. Yeah, it, it really does. It really does. Uh, it's this mid credit scene is going to have huge payoff in the future. So cannot wait for what they have in store for us over the next, you know, decade that they've been working on. Um, I would also like to say watching the Dora Milaje fight against the Talakan warriors is awesome. I mean, I, and, and just to see these two cultures that are like, I, I would say that Wakanda has like the better technology, but as far as like just, just raw fucking strength and, and they both have warriors hearts, but just, just strength. The Talakans are like unmatched as far as just their strength. And so it's, they're definitely like, I would say like the Dora Milaje, when they go up against these Talakans, in many ways, they are outmatched because of just the brute force strength and skill of some of these warriors. It's, you're dealing with, you know, Wakandans that are, you know, they're human. And these Talakans have some sort of power. They have, they, they, they have, they have superhuman strength within their, within their race. And so it's, it's, it's really cool to see these two different tribes like match up and fight one another. I, I don't know what you thought when you were watching some of those fighting scenes, Connor, but I, I, I it was awesome just seeing like the two different styles and then like sometimes just feeling, feeling like I've never felt like at certain points where I'm watching something, I'm like, I've never felt like Okoye was ever outmatched ever. And, and yeah. until I watched this movie and I'm just like, okay, this is, this is a different enemy. This is a different type of, of enemy I've ever seen her have to fight. Yeah. You, you felt some like serious danger, uh, for multiple of the characters. Um, I, I really, I loved all the fighting, um, like when it was close range, uh, when it became such a big like visual set piece in the third act, it, it lost me. But the when it was just them on the bridge, the, the first big, not big, but more intimate fight scene uh, between. Uh, apologies, what was the character's name? It was uh, there was Namorita and Atuma, and uh, they were fighting a Koye. Gotcha. Yeah. And that, that whole scene was, was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was awesome. I, I, I would also like to say that they also do not, um, they, they pay homage to the first movie and they, there's some awesome like, um, car chases and like, cause there's the amazing car chase in the first movie and they, and, and they followed up with in, in this one with a, with a pretty cool car chase and some scenes like that. So I, I appreciated that from Kugler because I think Kugler did a great job in the first movie with that and I think he did uh, it's not as amazing as the first movie but it's still pretty fucking good <laughs> yeah we get a glimpse of it in the trailer I'm excited to see that yeah uh, how how did you guys feel oh sorry go ahead no that's I was just saying it's a fun scene sorry about that oh nice um, how did you guys feel about the the new Black Panther hmm is it I... That's a tough one to answer, isn't it, Connor? Yeah, uh, I will just say I'm mixed. Yeah, there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm mixed. It'll just basically at the moment. I just I'm. I'm neither impressed nor hating it. I guess that's the same thing. I'm. I'm not. I just. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> you sound firmly ambivalent. Yeah, it's okay. I I need to see more, to be honest, uh, because uh, I don't I don't think the bit that we have of that character uh, really won me over. To be honest, listen, it's hard. I mean, it's the big the shoes, big to, shoes fill. to fill. It's big yes. shoes to fill, and, and and we're talking about like not seeing the character as the Panther the entire movie. So. Is very limited 
what we did get. Um, yeah. So it's – and the, I, I'll just be honest. Nobody will ever be able to fill those shoes fully. So, um, I mean, you've got a lot going against you and you're trying to you, – when you're the next person to try to take the mantle away from Chadwick Boseman, especially when it's just by – you know, default, I suppose it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's a hard one. It's like, I neither loved nor hated it, Joe. Gotcha. Okay. Um, would you guys be excited to see a third Ryan Coogler Black Panther film? I, I want to see him come back. I want to see him come back. Yes, I would. I, as far as directorial <laughs> duties, um, he's at the top of my list this year for what he was able to accomplish with this movie. I know I gave it a high taste it, but that goes, that does not take anything away with like what he was able to accomplish in this movie. He gave me, in my opinion, um, the, I think the best villain of phase four. And I mean, a villain that I'm scared of and there's stakes in this movie. And I'm going to tell you this. No one is safe. No one is safe. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. No one is safe. So don't, don't think that going into this movie that there aren't like real stakes here. So. Excellent. Yeah, that's, that was, that was all the questions I had pre-prepared. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Um, I really am looking forward to seeing it again. I have a question for you, Brian. Yeah. Um, do you think, uh, similar to what I think that Martin Freeman's character, Ross did not be, did not need to be in the film. I felt like he just kind of, uh, stretched the runtime. Uh, you can say that I, he, I, he was an integral part of the first movie. And I think what he's doing in this movie is they're setting up for future things to do with that character because of his relationship with another character. So, you know, I, I think in that way, it was kind of necessary to have the character in, in the movie. Um, but he's not as integral as he was in that first one. I will agree with the, with you there. If that makes any sense. No, it does. I, I, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I just, uh, I, I love Martin Freeman, but it just kind of felt at times like he didn't have really a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, uh, Lupita Nyango was great in this movie. Oh, absolutely. She was, she was fantastic. Yeah. You're going to get to see a, a different side of, uh, Nakia in this movie. And it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, I nice. loved, loved everything that Ryan Coogler did with her character uh, post Black Panther. And, uh, you know, how is this how is how is his love interest dealing with his death? And I think in this movie, it's 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 I think Coogler ex- explores her character um uh, wonderfully and, and, uh, very satisfying character arc, I think for, for, uh, Nakia in the second entry in Black Panther. So, yeah. Yeah. This movie gets moving, man. It gets moving and it has its slow parts and things like that, but I never like, I never lost my focus or engagement with the movie until the third act when it's just, you know, all these different things happening. And I think like some of the fight scenes that happen in the third act, I think they, I, I, they bounce back and forth between different scenes so much that I kind of wanted to just focus on like one of the big battles and then get back to the other battles later that I don't know. How did, I don't know how you felt about that, Connor. Do you feel like it bounced around a little too much or were you? Yeah, I did. I I felt it lost focus uh, quite often. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, there was, there was, uh, like no doubt there were some really awesome, uh, cool scenes in like that third act, but it just, there was too much of it and it just kind of, uh, became bloated. Um, it just, it felt like there was definitely some trimming, some editing that could have been done to make it a lot smoother. In my opinion. What another thing that I love about this movie is like, you just don't have a villain here who's like angry and shouting and not willing to, um, to hear other people out. Like there's, there's like, 
there's moments in this movie where you can kind of take a step back and we've got Namor just talking and telling people where he's coming from. And this is, this is what I want to do. But also like, you know, he kind of, he, he rules with an iron fist. Like this guy is doing everything that he does is for the protection of his people. So it's, it's oh, just a really layered and well done villain. Like, and which was so refreshing coming off the heels of Thor Love and Thunder, where I would like, you get Christian Bale to play Gore. I'm thinking, you know, how, how do you, how do you screw that up? And yeah, yeah this is uh, a plus 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 for Ryan Coogler and Tina Huerta as Namor in this movie. Fantastic villain. One of, one of the MCU's best. In my opinion, I, I, and, and, and as far as villains are concerned, the Black Panther franchise is two for two when it comes to Killmonger and, and Namor. Just, just great villains, uh, in both entries of this fucking movie, which is awesome. So they gotta, they gotta keep that up, man. I mean, once we get into Black Panther three, I mean, that's why I want Ryan Coogler back for as much as like the third act kind of like dropped it down to a high taste it for me. You get Ryan Coogler back because he knows how to write villains. You know, this is not like, you know, Yellow Jacket Nant Man. You know, this is not <laughs> Malekith and Thor the Dark World. Like this is and, and, and even getting like, you know, the caliber of a gore character in Thor Love and Thunder. That was still a miss in my opinion. This is not a miss. Like this this guy is I think I can't wait to see what they do with Namor going forward. So good. Excellent. I can't wait to see this movie. I got, I've got tickets for Friday. I've got the day off work. I'm making a day of it. Sounds like I've been for a treat. Yeah. I was, I was like going to see it like for my second viewing in IMAX and I've already seen an IMAX. So I might, Connor, I might just do the 3D ticket for my next one. Well, there you go. That'll save you a little bit. Well, is IMAX part of your AMC? It is. It is. And they have, they have, they have IMAX 3D showing. So I might see it IMAX 3D and then check it out in real 3D after that for my IMAX 3D would probably be pretty cool with this movie. (laughs) When I see it again, I'll consider that because you have the, there's definitely some good 3D moments for sure. Oh, for sure. Like there's flying moments with Riri that are awesome. There's underwater moments that are amazing. I even think like, there's a battle in the second act. I think will be that'll be amazing to see in 3D. But uh, I, I can't wait for people to watch this. I, I do think, like you know, as far as the ha, have we checked the Rotten Tomatoes score? It was 94. percent I'll check real quick. Curious as to what it is now with how many. It is currently. 89%. 89%. So it's dropped a little oh, bit. Oh, 88% when I clicked it. Okay. So it's 125 reviews in. Oh, I'm seeing 88 at 123. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, close enough. 88. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, still 88. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not going to live up to that first movie though, and it, and and but and that's just because we don't have Chadwick in this movie, and I think that as far as doing doing the best that you can and having Ryan Coogler having to juggle all the different things that he had to do in this movie, like you know, think about this, like this is a huge undertaking with you know we've got to we've got to give the proper kind of like this character meant a lot to. Um, a lot of people, especially black people that like, they've been wanting their own like superhero, uh, in the, in the MCU. And I'm not, you know, and, and, and not just like a side character, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a war machine, you know, like a roadie or something like that. Like we, they needed like a legit fucking superhero, like a legit Avenger and we got it. And then we lost him and, and so 
not only pay tribute to Chadwick, but pay, pay tribute to the character and the people that loved this character. I think he did a great job there. And then he also had to introduce a new villain and like give us a threatening villain. Like with, oh my God, he brought out a great performance in, in this, uh, Tina Cuerta. This guy is, this guy is great. I think people are going to love him. So I, I think Kugler did with what Kugler was, with the hand that he was dealt, I think he did the best job possible in this movie. Um, so yeah, I think, I think audiences will be satisfied overall pretty much. And it's not like, you know, and it's really like, I don't know. I, I think even the third act in Shang-Chi is very formulaic with some of the things that we've seen in the past. And, but I, I still think that it had, those emotional moments. And I think this definitely has those emotional moments too. I just think we've seen this happen so many times that like in the third act with the MCU that I guess we were looking for something different. And, you know, I feel like that first black Panther gave us something super different at the end that we hadn't seen before. So yeah, Joe, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I'm looking for, for, for everybody to see this movie and come to their own conclusion. Excellent. Yeah. I'm excited, man. All right, Connor, you you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask Joe. So, before you've seen the film, where do you expect this to rank in the phase four for you? Oh, what was your pre expectations? Yeah, I'm I'm expecting it to be up near the top of phase four. And and from everything you guys have said tonight, it it sounds like it slots right in there. Uh, I was a huge fan of Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi has been my favorite of Phase 4. I totally agree with what Brian just said about the third act being kind of formulaic. Um, but no, I'm I'm really excited to see this one. I, I loved the first Black Panther movie. Um, obviously, Chadwick Boseman was a huge part of that. But also the 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 villain that they did in that. with a, I'm a huge fan of a sympathetic villain because I really believe that there's not too many – you know, quote unquote villains out there that are walking around just being a mustache twirling bad guy just for the sake of being a bad guy. Most people are the hero of their own story. And so when you can write a character that that as a viewer, it, it almost makes you question yourself, like, how how do I feel myself supporting this guy when clearly he's the bad guy? That's that's what makes a character really engrossing. And it sounds like he hit the nail on the head with this one. And to do that two movies in a row is really impressive. It'll be interesting to see uh, if Kugler comes back and does the third movie. Um, I'm 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 wondering how audiences are going to react to because if Kugler doesn't, I'm hoping that Creed three is just amazing. Because if anybody could come back and and do this, uh, I think Michael B. Jordan coming back and. To, to this franchise and directing the third one would be incredible as well. We've heard the rumor that he's in the, he's on the, the list that they're looking at for directing the blade movie. But I, w- I would also, if Creed three is as good as they're saying it is where people that have been seeing, you know, Creed three and test screenings have actually been like, you know, hooping and hollering and cheering in their seats and rooting for, you know, uh, Jonathan Major's character in that movie to to beat to beat Adonis, like if if it's that big of a crowd pleaser, and if this guy can, you know, think about that, like that's you know, Jonathan Majors is supposed to be playing the villain in Creed Three. Sounds like he's a sympathetic villain, you know. If if people in the test screenings are rooting for him to win, I mean, Michael B. Jordan might be the guy that come back and direct us in the in the third Black Panther movie. He might be that. That guy. So, um, I think it'll yeah, be. I, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I would prefer that over Blade because I mean he has uh, he's already in this this uh, world of Wakanda and he's he's been in it literally and I'm sure he's been in it behind the camera too of Coogler just like I'm I'm sure just watching him I'm sure Coogler has some influence on his directing style. I I, don't know if- I agree. I mean, w- with working hit with him on Fruitvale Station and then. You know, Creed and then the first Black Panther movie. I'm sure he's like absorbed Cougar's, Ryan Coogler's, uh, 
you know, methods and, and, and then also able to inject a lot of himself into these movies as well. But I, I think, I do, I think like he's like a sponge as far, you know, like some of these actors that go from like being in front of the camera to behind the camera. Like I, I've given the example of Ben Affleck in the past, who I think is, you know, worked with some of the best out there and like, and then been able to like do that himself with directing and, and done a fantastic job. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like if, if, if Cooler doesn't want to come back and if Michael B. Jordan is good as they're saying he is, man, it'd be a perfect fit to have him do the, the third Black Panther movie. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is all we have, unless I just want to completely spoil the fucking movie, which I cannot, <laughs> which I can't wait to do this weekend, Joe, when we come back and we get to all, we've all seen it and we all get to talk about it. And I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait for that. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait, dude. Connor, I want to thank you for the invite, uh, getting to see this movie with you. And, uh, I want to thank you for all like, um, for all your support for pop culture leftovers and, um, and, and, uh, and your website as well. I mean, you support us on the website and, uh, I want people to check out cinefied.com. What do you've got going on out there? What's new? What's going on? Uh, right now I'm covering the nightmares film festival throughout the next week or two. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of horror film reviews for people that love horror, uh, and, things to look out for for film festivals as uh, I've met many of the directors and or writers and they are touring the country with their films. Uh, there's quite a few that really just knocked it out of the park. So uh, definitely check out Cinefied uh, to know which ones to check out at your local film festival. I am also going to have uh, Connor's review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever embedded in the show notes for this episode. So click on that and check out his review of this movie. Um, and I also wanted to thank you for giving me a Tom Hardy signature. That was so cool. I don't know if you want to let our listeners know about that, how you got it. Yeah. Uh, it's no problem at all. I knew you'd, uh, you love Tom Hardy and, and, uh, and warrior. So I was like, if I could get a warrior sign, but there was no, uh, warriors, uh, at my local video store. So you got inception. Uh, but basically, uh, Tom Hardy is filming in, I live in the Dayton, Ohio area, and he's filming in Cincinnati currently for the next month or so. And he's filming a movie called The Bike Riders with uh, Norma Reedus, Michael Shannon, Jody, Jody, yeah, Jody Comer. And, uh, and the man that just played Elvis, I don't remember his name right now. Austin Butler. Yeah. Yes. Austin Butler, who's supposed to be a terrific guy to meet in person. I've not run into him. But, uh, yeah, if you just see him uh, around town or on set, if he's uh, available, he'll come over and take a photo or uh, sign. And I was lucky enough to uh, drive by the set uh, multiple days. And I just basically uh, was lucky enough for him to come over and and uh, sign uh, right before I had to make my way to Columbus for this uh, screening. So he was a very nice guy. I highly recommend that anybody that gets the opportunity to meet Tom Hardy, whether just randomly on the street, uh, if you see him walking, I'm sure he's just the nicest guy. So I highly recommend just saying hello. Yeah. Uh, this. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm a huge Tom Hardy fanboy. So when you got me that signature, I was just like I was on cloud fucking nine. So thank you. Um, no it's like, uh, yeah. dude. speaking of Tom Hardy, did you see that article? That he entered yes. a jiu-jitsu tournament and won the fucking thing? Yeah, we actually talked about that on an episode. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that was you were the first person I thought of when I read that article. <laughs> well, what's, what's interesting is uh, he actually has been – because he's in Ohio for so long. He's uh, like – he's been since pretty much almost the beginning of October. It's like a two-month shoot. So he uh, – He's been going to like karate clubs and jujitsu clubs and all kinds of, and just been doing like little trainings with uh, the kids and stuff. It, it's uh, that's what I've been hearing. Uh, he's been very active with uh, the people uh, that are part of that society with the uh, the karate jujitsu type stuff. Uh, yeah, and he's just uh, it's very cool. So. I was telling you this story yesterday, uh, Connor, but 
Um, yeah, I found the article. It's actually, I get, it's from GQ. Tom Hardy, this happened in 2017. Tom Hardy chases down moped thief. Yeah. It, listen to this. In a heartwarming story of good citizenship that appears to have been concocted in a laboratory to make the GQ entertainment staff happy, British actor and noted children's story enthusiast Tom Hardy chased down a runaway moped thief, hauled him out by the scruff of his neck until London police arrived. <laughs> Yeah. This fucking awesome guy. Apparently, two teenagers fleeing on a stolen moped abandoned their prize after crashing into a car, and Hardy sprang into action using language so perfectly that quintessentially British, uh, and quintessentially, quintessentially British that I can't help but wonder if I'm being trolled. Witness described the son, the mental scene of Hardy looking as mad as he does on the telly taking off in pursuit of one of the fugitives, vaulting over a series of garden walls. Quote, it was like an assault course, gushed one new Tom Hardy fan for life, <laughs> to catch the presumably terrified thief and make a citizen's arrest. Um, yeah, insane. Guy, the, the guy goes, enters a jiu-jitsu contest, wins all of his matches, and then years before that, like, stops a moped thief, grabs him by the neck, and waits, waits for the police to show up to arrest the guy. The guy is a living legend. <laughs> He's like a modern-day Hemingway. He is. Total, like, badass. <laughs> I had the opportunity to, uh, interview, uh, Danny Lingari, who was on the, uh, who was on, uh, taboo on fx and um and uh tom that was tom hardy's series on that and danny had nothing but glowing things to say about tom just says he's down to earth and just a great guy so yeah yeah you it just my my man crush on tom hardy is at an all-time high <laughs> thank you connor <laughs> <laughs> How could it not be? <laughs> I, 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 part of me wants to steal a moped in front of Tom just so I can have him. So you get to get stopped by him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this was all just a ploy, Tom, to meet you as I get hauled off to jail. But it's like uh, that scene in the offer with the guy being like, I got beat up by Jimmy Khan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that is all we have. We'll be back. This is uh, this is all that we have for the reaction episode. We we did enjoy the movie. Please get your tickets. Go out and see this opening weekend. Support the movie. It is it is definitely worth supporting. And uh, we'll be back with the actual spoiler episode that'll drop on Sunday. But I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time out to listen to this one and have a good one. See ya later. Wait, Joe, where can people find you, man? <laughs> you can find me on Startcast. Uh, new episodes dropping every week, having long form conversations with people. Uh, yeah, every Saturday, new episodes. There you go. Every Saturday, guys. And uh, we'll be recording on Saturday. Episode will drop on Sunday. See you then. Later.